Welcome back to Rinkwise, everyone. We are New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. We're back at it again, joined in studio by Evan Miranovsky, and I'm still remote, but Evan, welcome back. Looking forward to talking hockey again. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's that time of year, college previews. You're you're remote, but again, I said it on the boys. I'll say I'll say it on the men's. I'll say it on the women's. Wish you were here, but you're off doing uh, great things at Merrimack. You got busy days because you're doing Merrimack and and Islanders too. So you're you are hockeyed out. Do you ever get sick of it? I mean, this <laughs> it's a lot of well, hockey. It's, it's, uh, it is busy. Thank thank goodness I love hockey. Yeah, it's. Yeah, if I didn't right? do hockey 24-7 before, it definitely is now, but very fortunate, right? They say if you really love what you do, you're not really ever working a day in your life, right? It's true. It's true. You and I are in the same boat in that. But first of all, and I said it on the men's, I'll say it on the women's again, congratulations on being an assistant at Merrimack. It's a big deal. And again, thank you. The round of applause. Thank you. It's me and, and Yaz are cheering here in the studio. But it's a big deal. And uh, I mean, how how has it been? It's been about a month. I mean, what's it been like? You're you're a college assistant coach now. It's a big freaking deal. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, Division One, right? Hockey East jumping right back. I mean, yeah. first off, it's it's I really appreciate it. As I said before, and I, I really do thoroughly appreciate everyone who reached out. So I know we don't get to see that, but there was so many messages from people. And again, thoroughly appreciate that. So thank you very much. And it's been exciting. It's 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 a very fast paced, dynamic, ever changing environment is probably the best way that I can put it. And it's been fun, I think, recalibrating back to the division one level, because certainly a lot has changed since I played at Northeastern. And this is also my first time back at college since playing at Northeastern. So you're a college uh, student again. Yeah. <laughs> Learning again. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been a whirlwind, but, but again, like that's, that is the nature of this environment. Now it is, it is a fast paced, highly dynamic and ever changing environment. So it's been fun. So has far. that been the big, has that been the biggest adjustment for you? I would say so. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's such a fast paced environment and such a highly competitive environment. So clearly if those are part of your traits, right, then it's a, it's a perfect fit. And I think what's exciting for Merrimack this year, Merrimack Women, is it's two a, a very new staff. So the head coach Aaron Hamlin returns, two new assistant coaches. So we're really excited. It's it's also for Merrimack Women's Hockey. It's also the first ever all female staff they've had, and that's just different. It's it's unique, I think, to them, and a uh, lot of experience. I know, as you mentioned, Evan, there was just an article that was out in the Globe, and it sort of highlighted our program and. It's it's really a fresh look and a fresh start, I think. And they the had you. They, they I liked they they had you as coming in to help the winning ways because you won. All you did was win at Austin Prep in your years there. And obviously, I know it wasn't easy to leave Austin Prep, but I mean, you really you left that program in a better place than you found it. And I think I think you've said this before to me. Like, I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to this. And I, I have no doubt. No doubt that you'll do the exact same thing at Merrimack. So very yeah. much appreciate that. No, thank you. And I think just to take a moment and acknowledge Austin Prep, 12 incredible years there. And I'm so proud of everything that we've done there as a program. And I've loved every single year that I was there and including the people, all the families, and and they know that. And they, they came up with a, just an incredible article 
a tribute, I guess. And I'm always going to be very close to them and now be their biggest fan and supporter for sure. Yeah, you got to go to their games and yell from the stands and it, it'll be, <laughs> I imagine that'll be a, a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what you guys do at Merrimack this year and, and where you and your, your whole staff kind of take it because it's an exciting thing. So as we said, this is all going to be about women's college hockey. We already had our men's college hockey show. Let's talk Northeastern because that has been the team in Hockey East for quite a while. Obviously graduated a lot. Chloe Arard, Maureen Murphy, Alina Mueller, Aaron. It's been a long time. I feel like since Aaron Frankel was there, was their netminder. What do you look at as their outlook this year? Yeah, I, I think clearly they're they're the place to start, right? So if we're looking at the Hockey East preview on the women's side, I think one thing to note, Evan, right off the bat, though, when looking at the Hockey East women's landscape this year, I would expect that you're going to see a much closer and tighter race between the programs, right? So as you said, Northeastern, they still enter this year as the number one, but they did lose a lot last year. They lost what we call sort of generational players, right? Just some superstar status players that quite frankly, just really separated them from the pack. And uh, I know they're, they're going to be well missed at Northeastern, but that said, they still enter as number one, but they're just, they're, they're going to be doing it a, a little, a little tighter. And I think a little closer to everyone else. So I would still put them as a number one, but you know, I think even looking at some of their scores so far, like they, they're not scoring goals as easily as they did before, right. With mm-hmm. some of those players, like they played Penn state, they only scored, I think two goals in two games. So, so again, they, they enter as number one. I think it's just going to be a little bit tighter in a little closer parity between, uh, the programs this year, Women's Hockey East. And that makes sense with Northeastern, as I said, you know, to miss the three that I mentioned up front. Um, I mean, I think they were a line, those three. I mean, they were, that was as good, a almost as good a line in women's college hockey as you'll find. You know, oh, you yeah, still, big time. Yeah, you still have Gwyneth Phillips and Nett, so that's at least some sort of stability that that provides you. You're going to the Frozen Four last year, but yeah, and, and, I, and I like that it's going to be closer in, in, in Hockey East on the women's side. Like, I just, I think it makes it, better hockey and so I, I'm curious from your perspective like other than Northeastern because Nor- you I remember last year you and I talked about Northeastern forever because they were they were clearly number one but what like what are the other teams that you have your eyes on that are going to challenge Northeastern for that number one spot well I think I guess I'll put it this way looking at the the 10 team landscape hockey east I think on any given day right? Given that we we think it is going to be a little bit closer. I think anyone can beat anyone and anyone can lose to anyone as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, I know that can happen all the time in sports, but I think it's going to be a, a lot more likely this year. But I'd say looking at the top four, and this is also from the Hockey East preseason preview, Northeastern won, the top four being Vermont, right on their heels. They had a great season last year, finishing up. However, they also did lose a lot. They graduated a lot of talent. Uh, a lot of veteran players. And then after that being UConn and Providence. So kind of like the top four. So I, I'd i say that's, I would agree with that, I think, to start off the season because just they've they've sort of been consistent in those positions for the last few years. But again, UVM, I mean, they they lost a lot. I know they finished strong last year. They lost a lot. Evan, of course, they grabbed one of our leading goal scorers, right, from Austin Prep, Kenzie Serrato. So. That's right. That's right. So we can pencil them into win hockey East. Uh, she, <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. 
hopefully just not against us, right? Exactly. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Bears are old coach. Yeah, I'll have to buy her a piece of pizza or something before the game when they when they play us. <laughs> Some solid uh, kids. Right, right. But again, those those four teams, they've just they've been very consistent, I'd say, the last few years. And but again, Evan, I I would I think anyone can beat anyone this year. And when you're especially you get towards the end of the season, knock on wood, if if players and teams can stay healthy, I think you're gonna see a really exciting hockey east postseason run. I think you're just going to see some incredible games. And I think we're going to see some upsets this year as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm even I'm looking at the coaches poll right now and Providence and UConn both got first place votes. So I again, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of parity there. I think that Providence has a history of having some solid teams. And and now the cons in the mix as well. What team I have highlighted is BU. Right. BU went out. And Brian DeRocher retired, obviously a coaching legend at at Boston University. But Tara Watchhorn, friend of the podcast, she was on this time last year. She revitalized Stone, or not revitalized, she basically started the Stonehill Women's Program and did a fantastic job after one year, or two years technically, because she was there the year before building it up. And then her first year actually behind the bench was last year. Leave Stonehill. For BU, which makes sense, alma mater. So I'm curious what I think long term, that's a perfect fit. I think that's like sort of like on the men's side, they went out and got Jay Pandolfo, really good alum, someone that is a really good coach. I think she's sort of the same thing. I mean, she's a very successful alum, very good coach. Long term, that's a perfect fit. I'm curious what you think they're going to do this year, though, what that team is sort of set up to do this season. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And agreed, Evan. Uh, great coach, Brian DeRoche, legendary coach. What a what an incredible person. We had him on the pod last year and just a wonderful career at BU. Over, uh, over 40 years he spent at Boston University between the men's and the women's side as a player. So just truly incredible. And what an honor, right, for Tower Watchhorn to come in behind him. And as you said, just a, a really renowned alumni of the program. And as we know, that's generally the direction that BU goes. They like to rehire a lot of their own. And I think she's going to do an incredible job. Clearly, just look at what she's done at Stonehill in starting that program. And Evan, I think, I do think knowing her, I think she absolutely is going to recreate somewhat that program into her own culture. Again, just like she did when she started the program at Stonehill. And I think that that does take a little bit of time. I, I would expect BU to be similar to last year, if not maybe a little bit better. But I think we're going to see a lot of change over the next one to three years with that program, right? As any new coach coming in is just really going to kind of recreate that culture a little bit to fit what, what they want. And she's also got great connection into the hockey, or excuse me, hockey East, the, the hockey Canada system, right? Which she's been a part of as a player and now as a coach. So again, I think I think we're going to see great things coming from Boston University over the next few years. Yeah, that's the thing. I think long term, she, as I said, it feels like on the men's side, we talked about Ben Barr with Maine. That's a really good hire. He's not an alum of Maine, but a really good hire who can work out that process. I think it's always tough that first year, though, this Stephanie with with Austin Prep and and you'll see it later in your coaching career. It's the first year is the toughest, right? I mean, how it like. Is. How does Tara Watchhorn or you at Merrimack as an assistant or any new coach, 
How do you build that culture? Like what goes into doing that? Because it seems hard. Sure. Well, and I can even use Austin Prep maybe as that's that's sort of my reference, right? I mean, that's that is ultimately what I did there, right, for 12 years. So because don't forget, Evan, as I've said a lot, like a lot of people forget they see where that program is now. It's been really excelled, I to say, the last better part of a decade. But when I first started with them, Austin Prep, they were one of the worst girls teams in the state. And a lot of people forget were they that. Really? That's wild. They really were. Yeah. In fact, I, I don't know if I told you the story, like a lot of people, they actually try to talk me out of taking the job there because <laughs> they were like, you're just so competitive and that's just not going to be a good fit for you. Like they're, they're no good. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and hopefully no one takes offense to that from, from years ago. But you know, that first year we came in and we came in with a, a tear. And I, I've even said that here, like it's, more than half the battle is just you got to come in with a much different mindset and much different attitude, right? Talking about a culture shift. And in my opinion, that is more than half the battle, right? But I would say if you look at a three-year progression plan, Eben, I'd say the first year, you're kind of coming in and it is what it is. By that meaning, you have the players in place you have everything is in place that you're essentially inheriting, right? So you need that first year to kind of gauge where you're at, what you need, what you need to get rid of, what we need to add, that sort of thing. Second year, you're starting to implement some of your changes, if you will, some of your your culture shifts or what have you. And third year, I think, is when you really start to see the impact of that work, right? And another great example that pops into head is the Merrimack men's hockey right? When Scott, Scott Bork t- came in as the new head coach, I mean, he more or less cleaned house, right? Like he he wanted his own recruits and his own players and he essentially cleaned house and which happens, right? Sometimes when a new coach, especially at Division One, and he, he knew it was going to take him three to four years to really kind of build the program that he wanted. But that's, that's what he's got now, right? And they're uh, a top program now in Hockey East on the men's side. So. Yeah. I mean, it- I've seen it. Uh, I think it takes a lot, as you said, and I kind of hits at this and I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. Like you you had so much success at Austin Prep and you've been at Merrimack now for I think, is it a month? You've been there a month now, right? A little over. Yeah, it's uh, it it feels like it's been a year. (laughs) We've been so busy. (laughs) It's been over. It feels like like a a year. I like that. (laughs) Right. What have right. You, what, yeah. What have you noticed though is the big difference? I mean, it's obvious that the difference is or there's a big difference between coaching high school and coaching college. But for you personally, like, what have you seen as some of the tweaks you've had to make in your own coaching, if you've had to make any between high school and and Division One college athletes? Sure. Yeah. I know. That's that's a great question. I mean, it's because I think it, it hits it, on a, it hits on a lot of these other coaches that that have had to go through a similar path. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, listen, it's in college. Listen, it's, it's definitely, it's a whole other ball of wax because you're, yeah. you're dealing with now you have a, a roster that is oversubscribed to the number of players that you can actually dress. Right. So you have things like that to deal with. You have injuries and it's, it's players coming from across all of North America and Europe. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not like a high school where it's, it's essentially locally based. These kids are coming from, they've moved away from home right? And now are on your campus. But Evan, I would say a couple of the biggest differences for me so far, I'm also dealing with a different age level, right? So these are 
basically young adults, right? We're high school, it's they're still teenagers and so young adults. And it's also, I mean, one of the things I really enjoy is just working with the really high level athletes. They really want to be pushed. And so one of the things that, and this was highlighted in the Globe article, that I obviously bring to the table right away, just similar to Kim Brandfold, for example, at BU Men's Hockey Program, is the skills component, right? So that's really been my world for the better part of 12 years, right, what I've spent in it. And so I'm essentially, one of my big roles is implementing the skills training for the players. And that's been fun, right? Because they can do a lot and they want to be pushed. And so our goal is to not only increase their individual skill development throughout the season, but how does that also play into our team concept, right? Including the practices in the game. So, so that's been fun. And again, that's, I'd say that's one of the, the things that I enjoy the most is really working with those really high level motivated athletes. They really want to be pushed and push hard. And you're so, I mean, you're so competitive. I see it in here. Like, I think it's obviously it's a perfect fit. So again, I'm excited to see what you do there. And again, back to BU, I think Tara is sort of cut from a similar cloth. Like, I think that that, I think destined for good things as well. And it's always fun. I mean, you see this, the pendulum shift in Hockey East on the women's side quite a bit going from different teams being at the top and different teams being a power one team. I, I want to say in hockey East for a minute or two more BC Boston college, Abby Newhook, really, really good player there. Uh, I know they they're ranked right behind BU in the, in the coaches poll. What do you, what do you expect out of the, the Eagles this year? Well, they're always pretty good, right? I mean, the only thing with them, I mean, it's BU, BC, BC to me, like they've just been a little bit status quo. Like it's, it's B- BC, right? It's, it's one of the, the big Boston schools. One thing to note, Evan, is we're still seeing players that can take a fifth year, right? That's, yes. that will end, that will end soon. Of course, that was because of COVID, but they, they lost a couple really good players that opted to not do their fifth year there. And I believe went to Ohio State. So, so that part of the, the hockey, the women's hockey is getting stronger, right? And they're saying like the East is getting a little bit weaker, but so they did lose a couple big players that could have returned. I think, I think their incoming class, like they always have talent, but it's, it's a matter of how quickly I think some of those freshmen, like uh, Julia Pellerin, for example, right? Was a superstar at the prep level at New Hampton, Sam Mm -hmm. Tabor, right? She's with the U18 USA hockey uh, development program. She was at Cushing. So it's just a matter of really how quickly those players translate to the college game. And Evan, I think being back in it now, that is sometimes hard to predict. I will say the, I will tell you right off the bat when our first games that we played. So and mind you, this is my first division one games on the bench. The first things that I noticed on the woman's side now were how quick it was and how physical it was mm-hmm. really. We opened up against Clarkson and just how physical it was. I mean, the refs barely called anything, right? Which, which is good. I, yeah. I actually like that, but Comply. just how, how fast and how physical the game is now. Let's switch over to the ECAC. Colgate took the number one spot in the, in the coaches preseason poll. That's not really New England. So we're going to, we're going to pretend that doesn't exist. Yale number two, Quinnipiac number three. Those are two programs that have had a lot of success in recent years. I'm curious what you think Yale and Quinnipiac, what kind of impact they can make both in the ECAC and nationally. 
Well, they're they're both ranked very high right now. They just they keep reloading. It seems every year. Yale has Mark Bolding, right? When he took over, he left Norwich years ago and took that program over, and he's done a fantastic job. And and same thing with Colgate. I believe the last time I checked, they were ranked fourth nationally. And these Colgate has a beautiful facility, and they just I think these programs are just they're they're essentially a well tuned oiled machine, right? At this point, sort mm. of like Northeastern, right? They can just sort of keep reproducing and they just really have, have a good good thing going right now. Pretty consistent staffs and things like that. But both I would expect to be very strong this year. And same thing with Quinnipiac women. We mentioned on the on the men's side, they've just they've also just done a fantastic job on the women's side. They have Brent Hill who's with the USA hockey program, their head coach who's with the uh, Team Canada program. And again, beautiful facility. Not that that's the the major thing, right, that you're going to choose choose a program for, but but it certainly it certainly doesn't hurt for sure. Stephanie, one of my favorite things in the world is when a college has one really good men's hockey team and one really good women's hockey team. And Quinnipiac is right. really shaping up to be that, where they their thing is hockey on both sides, and I think that's awesome. Like I love that they have both. And and good for them and, and props to their athletic department for, for doing that. I don't know how the rest of their sports are, but Stephanie, we're hockey people. This is the New England Hockey Journal. We don't really care about right. how their other sports are. <laughs> Who cares? We it's only, not we, hockey, right? Exactly. It's not, if it's not hockey, we don't care. That's um, right. One other thing, Harvard women's hockey had a coaching change. Uh, Laura Bellamy yeah. comes in for Katie Stone, who'd been there a long time, retired amidst the controversy. Uh, of the mistreatment of players in the program. A uh, lot of pressure on Laura Bellamy to come in, I think. She's a, an alum, uh, really, really strong goalie. Uh, her stats are incredible back in the early 2010s. Crazy to say the 2010s. I feel like we're still in the 2010s, but we're not. I'm curious, like, that, that Harvard's a high-pressure job anyway. She's got the pressure of replacing Katie Stone and kind of changing the culture there. I mean, that was Kate, there have been a lot out there about Katie Stone and about that culture. I think there's a lot on Laura Bellamy's plate here, not just on the ice, but I feel like off the ice is a lot to, to handle too. Yeah, there sure is. And this is definitely a big story on the women's hockey side. Just simply put, Katie Stone had a very long career, right? She was one of the winningest female coaches of all time. And she she was there for almost 40 years, I believe. So those jobs just you don't see change that often, right? So yeah. I think any change is, is big news. And of course, just like B, they went with one of their own, an alumni of the program. And Evan, I think what we'll probably see there is, again, similar to B. I think maybe even more so. Like, I think what we'll see with with Laura is she will essentially recreate that program from the ground up. I I would expect that she'll want to do things her own way, which may mean bringing in some of her own recruits and that sort of thing. Certainly, I'm not saying that that's going to happen for sure, but I I wouldn't be surprised, right? I think I think she'll probably want to re recreate that program from the ground up, put her mark on it, and she also tabbed a excellent associate head coach in Meredith Roth, who had been at. Uh, Holy Cross for a number of years and spent pretty much her whole career coaching at the Division One level and really just an excellent hire there. And I think they still have another assistant coach to, to name, but I think they're going to do a fantastic job. And, and again, I think you're going to see just a lot of change. And I think she's almost going to knock it down and build it right back up the way that she wants. Yeah. And it's it, again, I agree with you. I think kind of have to do that after everything that, that had allegedly come out. So I, I'm 
I'm fascinated to see what she does there, uh, how she handles that, especially recruiting wise. So we'll see what ends up happening, obviously, with with Harvard. But and I'm also curious to see, like, and this is something we don't have to die. I'm just curious about this, how the stuff that came out about Katie Stone, how that affects recruiting. And again, they have a new coach there now, Laura Bellamy. So her obviously it's still Harvard, right? Still Harvard. I mean, you're still drawing kids in. Um, but I'm curious if well, obviously we won't know this because we're not talking publicly about recruiting, but how Laura Bellamy kind of pitches new players and make sure to ease families if they're unhappy about the things that they read and heard about the the old way. So I'm very curious to see what Harvard does. going to be something we watch. Uh, I agree with you, though. I think that it's going to be a similar track to she, I think, has a little bit bigger of a job than 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 Tara Watchman does in terms of having to turn things around. But definitely two, two interesting, or Laura Bellamy, very interesting head coach. So I'm curious to see what what Harvard ends up doing. But all told, Stephanie, I think it's going to be a really exciting season. I'm I'm excited. And I'm most excited to see you behind the bench. I've said this a thousand times. That's what I'm most excited to see. So, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Well, can't wait to see you at a game, Evan. Really? Yeah, I got you got you got to get me some free tickets or a piece of pizza. Like you well, were we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do free. But yes, that's <laughs> going to stay compliant here. But no, that's definitely, true. it's going to be going to be very exciting. And absolutely, I, as I said, I think we're going to see a close horse race here, especially as we get to the towards the finish line. And I think we're going to see a lot of great hockey this season. That's the best. Well, Evan, since we still have a little time, we are going to shift over to the one and only David Yaz, our amazing producer, for a little overtime. Overtime. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, special edition of overtime today, Steph. Typically for (laughs) overtime, I pose three questions to each uh, panelist, but today... A little bit different. I'm going to quiz you on hockey slang. Oh God. I, oh, I have, I have 10, I have 10 slang terms for hockey moments or things going on in the game, whatever it may be. I'm going to go, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to alternate. You'll, so you'll each end up getting five and see if you know what these terms mean. We'll start with you, Steph. It's an easy one, I think. Tell us what an apple is. An apple is an assist. There you go. Correct. Evan, your first one. Tell us what a beauty or a beautician is. Oh, I've never heard beautician. I don't, a beauty though is just anything good in hockey. He's a beauty or she's a beauty. He's a, they're, they're a good player. They're, 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 they're fun to be around. So I feel like that's a, oh, yes, you're a beauty. I mean, I just love being with you. So that's the beauty. I refer to anything almost in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you get full credit, Evan. Technically a player of the team that's talented both on the ice and loved by the rest of the team. So a perfect answer. Steph, you happen to get another easy one. Tell us what a celly is. Celly? Well, that could be a lot of things, but let's say a goal. You got a celly after your goal. Yes, technically short for celebration. Correct. So <laughs> celly. Correct. We were, we were doing cellies all morning this morning, Steph, uh, celebrating yeah. your, your, your new job. Uh, right. Evan, do you know what a clapper is? It's a hard slap shot. That's he. Boom. He's got a clapper, clap bomb. Uh, so yeah, I got the, I unleash the clapper in men's league games. So uh, that's uh, that's that would that's about. absolutely right. Well done, Stephanie. Do you know what a face wash is? Oh boy. Well, 
it could be a lot of things. I'm going to say when you're, you go like head first onto the ice or you're like, basically you, 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 you come up and you have like snow in your helmet. Basically. Oh, that's a good guess. But I, but according to my source, a face wash is when a player sticks his gloves, palms first into an opponent's face, just to uh, Evan, can you confirm or deny? Uh, you, that's you never the, heard that one. That was my that. first thought. Yeah. What you said, yes, but the the the, the uh, face along the ice. I think that that's a good that, one. That's one too. We that need, would hurt. We need something for that. <laughs> Evan, can you tell us what a gong show is? Oh my god, I hear this all the time. I I I don't exactly know the meaning. Isn't the meaning just like it's just it's like you're having a bad game? It's just a, it's a gong show. Like it's just it's everything well, and everywhere. Yeah. Close. A game that gets completely out of hand with multiple fights, lots of penalties, okay. and lots of goals. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Is that right, stuff? Yeah. Um, I, I use that word for a lot of different things, but <laughs> that's, yeah, that's definitely a great, a great yeah. answer for sure. I like that. Steph, I'll yeah. be curious if you recall this because a guest on the podcast used the term before, but do you know what a grocery stick is? I remember, I, I can't remember the context in which it was used, but I do remember it. You're right. Evan, do you know, do you know what it is? I actually don't know what a grocery okay, stick so is. Okay, so this is my favorite. So in, in real life, the grocery stick is the thing when you're in line for the groceries and the little conveyor belt's going on, you take the stick to separate your <laughs> stuff from the other person's stuff, right? In hockey, it's a player that sits on the bench the whole time between the forwards and the defense, uh-huh. acting like a separator, <laughs> like at the checkout line at the store. So... That's, that's great yeah it's good I'm gonna use that do you remember now. do you remember who used that no i don't stuff i wish i did but it, yeah. it was, i remember laughing at the time it still makes yeah. me laugh. yeah <laughs> let's see evan i think it's your turn do you yeah. know what uh a plumber is in hockey oh god someone who's not very good they're they're a plumber <laughs> they're just they're yeah. not very good well we're gonna give you yeah we'll give you credit <laughs> correct not the most skilled player but a hard worker, a player that likes to do the dirty work in the corners and go to the so-called dirty areas. I like that. I can give All right. that. All right, Steph, can you tell us what sauce or saucy means? Well, it's basically when you're putting a little zip on the puck, like a saucer pass or so it's not it's not like a it's it's not a wrist shot. Like it's it's basically where you just the puck gets off the ice a little yep. little sauce. Saucer Absolutely pack. right. Short. Yeah. Or a saucer pass, it's a pass that goes in the air and hits back on the ice right before getting to the recipient, and it sits flat on the receiving player's tape. Saucy. I like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, final one, Evan. This is, might be the most bizarre one. Can you tell us what it means when you say, where mama keeps the peanut butter? Oh, it means you go upstairs. That's score, right. Scoring a goal right over the goalie's glove or blocker, knocking the water bottle off. Where mama, it's usually where... Mama keeps the peanut butter or like grandma hides the cookies. So, I love it. Uh, I like that. I love it. I, I do think hockey has the best slang of any of the four, four major sports, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You've both done very well. I did not keep score, so I'm not telling you who won. You're both winners in my eyes, kids. And uh, Well, that was fun. That was that was definitely a fun one. We'll have to do that again. I think you got to come up with some different, if there are any, but I think. Oh, yeah. No, I get I get 10 more ready to go for the next time. I like grocery stick. That yeah, Stephanie, that Stephanie, if you're like, if, if anyone gets on your nerves, who isn't playing much, you can just look down and be like, stop being you know, such a grocery stick. <laughs> That'd be great. No. In their place. Literally. Well, believe it or not, that does it for this edition of Rinkwise. And our podcast is produced by the David Yaz. As you can tell, he's absolutely incredible, right? Not only 
This great producer, great. but so funny as well, and come up and comes up with some really great sayings. Uh, he's, a be- he's a beauty, Stephanie. That's what he is. He's, <laughs> he's a, a be- beauty. Yeah. And be sure to catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Any Hockey Journal, and subscribe with us online at HockeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Rinkwise is a Siemens Media production. 